Dakota, Haremai, and welcome along to another mini-sode of Show We Ovaries. An ovum, if you will, I'm calling this. In the theatre review review, which is quite hard to say, of Showy Ovaries live at Bats, the no doubt more youthful than I reviewer mostly had a marvellous time. Hooray, thanks Samina. But did say that I should be careful not to assume that everybody listening knew what HRT was. And I thought that was a good point. So I would do a mini-sode to give you the tea on HRT. Now, some of this can be hard to wrap your fallopians around, but I have tried to make this a simple explanation, but it's quite a lot. So <clears throat> let's start at the very beginning. Maybe I should make the whole thing a, um, a musical. Anyway, HRT is an acronym for Hormone Replacement Therapy. So what exactly is a hormone? I found the following definition on kidshealth.org because I am an intellectual. Hormones are chemical substances that act like messenger molecules in the body. After being made in one part of the body, they travel to other parts where they help control how cells and organs do their work. For example, estrogen is made in the ovaries, then travels to various organs where it <coughs> regulates the menstrual cycle, affects the reproductive tract, the urinary tract, the heart and blood vessels, bones, breasts, skin, hair, mucous membranes, pelvic muscles, and the brain. Oh yeah, and, and lots of other stuff too. So basically, it isn't surprising that estrogen is the female sex hormone, because it gets shit done. Other sex hormones in women, and those assigned female at birth, are progesterone, and also surprising to some, testosterone. Actually, in sort of quite high amounts, testosterone, but a lot less than men. Okay, I'm busting in to the narrative right here to say that ugh, some of this is a bit like a vagina during menopause, which is to say a little dry. So I have decided that I'm going to drop in some really shit menopause jokes. I just Googled menopause jokes and people, they're terrible. So I'm going to drop these in along the way. Joke number one. What's the difference between a pit bull and a woman in menopause? <laughs> Answer, lipstick. Hey, hey, hey. What's 10 times worse than a woman in menopause? Two women in menopause. That doesn't make sense. That's not mathematically accurate. <laughs> Joke number three. Which is scarier, a puppy or a rational woman in menopause? The answer is a puppy because a rational woman in menopause doesn't really exist. Fuck you. Question. Why do women stop bleeding when entering menopause? Answer. Because they need all the blood for the varicose veins. Okay, back to the podcast. But anyway, so given quacks used to suggest leeches on labias as a cure for menopause, we just can't get past that. Keep coming back to that, leeches on labias. When did science get wise to the fact our ovaries were pumping out some hormonal masterpieces? Well, in 1929, Edward Adelbert Doisy whose name sounds a bit like a group of Muppets to me, uh, discovered estrogen by analysing various pig fluids. Hooray! Once discovered, it wasn't long till drug companies jumped on board and produced a medicine for menstrual cramps in the early 1930s called Eminin. Not to be confused with Eminem. Hey! Which was derived from the extracts of human placentas. And then from pregnant women's urine. Mm -mm. However, as these were expensive methods, it eventually became extracted from pregnant mares and galloped off the shelves under the name Premarin. Pre, pregnant, me, mares, in, urine, Premarin. 
It was approved by the FDA in 1942 to treat hot flashes, that most visible of menopause symptoms. Because I think as we know by now, the process of menopause is about the fact our bodies stop producing estrogen, progesterone, testosterone in the same amounts. So that is what is causing perimenopause and menopause is the lack of these hormones. So anyway, I thought I'd just do a little definition of that in case no one's been paying attention. So back to Premarin, which was actually at some points the top selling prescription drug in the USA. So when that happened, menopause was suddenly seen as something entirely preventable, which was very desirable according to a block Buster best-selling book called Feminine Forever, written by a woman. Ha! <laughs> Joking. Written by a man called Robert A. Wilson. The book opened with a letter from a husband that read, Duck! I feel I have to do American accents. Duck! They tell me you can fix women when they get old and crabby. My wife's driving me nuts. She won't fix meals. She picks on me all the time. If you don't cure her, I'll kill her. Lovely. So rather than arrest this asshole, Wilson goes on to say in his book that the cure is HRT, which means a woman's, quote, breasts and genital organs will not shrivel. She'll be much more pleasant to live with and will not become dull and unattractive. Ads for the drug were therefore also targeted at men, with one saying, husbands too, like Premarin, and that it would prevent us from becoming castrates and galloping catastrophes. Wilson's book was a smash and sales of HRT quadrupled. Oh, and guess what? He got paid to write the book by an ethical committee. <laughs> Joking, an HRT manufacturer. So it was advertising by stealth. Now, by 1975, though, it was becoming clear that estrogen therapy alone raised the risk of endometrial cancer and sales nosedived. Then they realized by adding synthetic progesterone called progestogen, this could be avoided. Marketing went into overdrive. Women were urged to save themselves from becoming shriveled crones and presumably to save their lives from their dickhead husbands and sales took off again. Terrible joke time. Did you hear about the English teacher who went to prison for so long she went through menopause? She was most upset that there would be no period at the end of her sentence. Hmm... How do you know your fridge is going through menopause? It's all out of eggs. What do toilets get in their menopause? Hot flushes. By the 1990s, it was becoming apparent that HRT also had added benefits in decreasing heart disease and was good for bone health. And in 1988, it was approved by the FDA as a preventative drug against osteoporosis. So in an effort to study all of HRT's effects, a giant study was launched in 1991, which was, according to Auckland endocrinologist at Fertility Associates, Megan Ogilvie, one of the worst things to happen to women's health in a long time. It did a whole generation of women, and probably two generations of women, a huge disservice. So what was this calamitous study? It was called the WHI, Women's Health initiative and as the largest randomized study to date into HRT. It wasn't about testing HRT's effectiveness against menopausal symptoms as that was already well known but rather against a raft of common postmenopausal issues like heart disease, cancer and osteoporosis etc. 
But in 2002, it was announced they were halting the HRT arm of the study as researchers had observed some increased incidences of coronary heart disease and breast cancer in those who took it. Some benefits for bones and other cancers were observed, but it was decided the risks outweighed the wins, and so the trial was halted. Thing is, the findings weren't actually reported correctly. And those who had done the study hadn't written up the summaries and were actually aghast, quote aghast, when they read the findings with their names attributed in the Journal of the American Medical Association. They tried to get it edited, but it was too late. The press releases screaming breast cancer were spread. Women, understandably, panicked, and HRT was dropped like a stone. Doctors wouldn't prescribe it, And in that good old American tradition, people started getting sued. And so the drug companies halted funding into women's midlife health, basically, hugely. And it continued to be ignored until very recently. But it is still a struggle to get a medical professional who is entirely up to date on the subject. Or the subject even properly taught. Staggeringly, 42% of the UK's 32 medical schools have no mandatory menopause training at all. Bloody bonkers. But I hear you ask, what is the state of HRT today? Well, with new analysis of the study, which actually did have some very good information, it was just incorrectly interpreted, and with new HRT forms, etc., we now realize that it's actually a hugely effective and mostly safe drug for alleviating menopausal symptoms and also has benefits for reducing heart disease, osteoporosis, and dementia. But it is not for everyone particularly those with a history of breast cancer. Though even then it could be possible, but it is important to know it is not a silver bullet for everyone. There is a small increased risk of some cancers, but the risk is actually very low. For ovarian cancer, it is 1 in 1,000, and it's 1 in 1,200 for breast cancer. So it is all about weighing up the quality of life benefits versus the risks. We also have various ways to deliver the drugs now, including patches which stick to your skin and transmit the hormone through the epidermis, which can have lower risks than oral hormones for such things as strokes, etc. But every person has a different risk profile, so talking to your doctor to tailor an approach for you through the most annoying of methods, trial and error. God, I hate trial and error, but it's the only way, really. It's the best way. Or if they're one of those doctors who don't know shit about shit about menopause, Seek out a menopause specialist and don't take don't know for an answer. There are a lot of different options. Estrogen, progesterone, combined versions of both, pills, patches, and gels. Terrible joke time. Why is menopause called menopause? Because mad cow disease was taken. I'll give you mad cow. Women on their periods always overreact. Overre act. Oh my god. Maybe it's not global warming. Maybe it's just planetary menopause. Like what, you know, metaphysics? I don't know. Why don't menopausal women ask how their husbands are doing? Answer? They don't care. That's not true. They've just heard too many of these jokes. Why did the vampire couple divorce after 45 years? She had reached menopause. So... Presumably he always drank from a different place. A note on something called bioidentical hormones. These are touted as natural, but are synthesized along with all other forms of HRT. And they're made by compounding pharmacists. And they're not recommended by 
any website that I could see with a doctor's name attached to it in New Zealand. They are generally more expensive than the funded options and are in no way natural and are unregulated. So yeah, if you can get ones funded, I don't know why you wouldn't go that way. Finally, here's the tea on the tea, testosterone. Women actually produce testosterone in our ovaries and adrenal glands, and it can be converted into estrogen. Sidebar, our bodies are bloody amazing, aren't they? Anyway, Men have 10 to 20 times the amount of testosterone, which is why they get all that manly shizzle of hairiness and deep voices, etc. Women's testosterone levels peak in our 20s, then decline to be about a quarter of what they were by menopause. Some side effects of this can be a lack of sexual desire and arousal issues. But many, many others have claimed testosterone to be helpful for mood, brain fog, headaches, tiredness, and general quality of life. There isn't a lot of evidence for this, but guess what? It's hardly been studied either. And I say, if nothing else is working, give it a red hot go. Menopause guru, Dr. Louise Newson in the UK is very hot for it. And her website, balance-menopause.com is an excellent resource into HRT if that interests you. And also she has an app that people swear by. The only way you can get it prescribed in New Zealand is to say that you have hypoactive sexual desire disorder aka not horny. It can be quite the rigmarole. There's only one pharmacy I think that carries it here in New Zealand and it costs about $120 for three months. Now I find it interesting that the only way you can convince people to treat women with testosterone here is to say she's not putting out. Hmm. Okay so hopefully that's clearer than mud. I have to say trying to summarize all of this is quite tricky and the internet is definitely your friend. There's heaps out there but please 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 check the sources. Avoid the wellness snake oil for your mystical voodoo hoohoo.com kind of websites and most importantly seek out medical experts. They are out there and they are keen to make a difference in the lives of women and trans individuals. So get in there on that. I've blathered on enough, like it's nearly quarter of an hour for Christ's sake. Anyway, I've been Penny Ashton. This has been a mini over slash ovum for showy ovaries. Kakite. Stay juicy, everybody. Hey!